0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I wanted to welcome everybody that's online today. I wanted to do something which we normally don't do, and that is we don't normally receive the Lord's um, the offering, tithes and offerings online. But I wanted to do it today and um, uh, because it's the last offering of the year. And I wanted to read a, a scripture of Philippians, the fourth chapter. It will be on the screen for you to read. And this is the Apostle Paul expressing his gratitude for a church that believed in what he was doing and supported him financially. And here, here's what he wrote. This is the Amplified. He says, I made... Uh, I was made very happy in the Lord that you now uh, have revived your interest in my welfare after so long a time. You were indeed thinking of me, but you had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am implying that I was in personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state or condition I'm in. This is Paul Here's a man who got anointed, who wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament, who's, who's, who, who we cannot measure the importance of the anointing that was upon his life and the gratitude that we have today in what he provided for us by the Holy Spirit in all the epistles that he wrote to the church. If you agree, say amen. And he goes on and says, now I know how to be abased. And live humbly in straitened circumstances. I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency enough to spare uh, or going without and being in want. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And I love this. And I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses who infuses inner strength into me. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. It, listen, he, his life was not based on his checkbook, was not based on what he had financially. His, he was sold out no matter what. He was sold out to the gospel, whether he had anything or whether he had everything. He was not obsessed with the temporal. He was obsessed with the eternal. Can I have an Amen. He says, but it was right. I, oh, I am, I am self-sufficient self in Christ's sufficiency. But it was right uh, and commendable and noble of you to contribute to my needs and to share my difficulties with me. And the Philipp, uh, Philippians, uh, they yourselves know that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debt and credit account in giving and receiving, except you only. Now, for even in Thessalonica, you sent me contributions for my needs, not only once, but a second time. Not that I seek and, and, or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit the harvest of blessing that is a, that is accumulated to your account. Hallelujah! Say this out loud. I, because I'm a giver, I, a giver. I I have an account in heaven, an account I can trust in and, and draw from. And draw. Hallelujah! I said Hallelujah. Ooh. Amen. God. Paul wanted the people to know that their investing in him was was crucial to their present and to their future. And that it wasn't about him, it was about the gospel he preached. Hallelujah. And you know, I wanted to share, because I'll finish this in a moment, because we, we have had a wonderful year in ministry overall. And I think about all of the trauma that we have faced this past year in America. And all the ups and downs and all the uncertainties that we were facing. How God so supernaturally provided not only for this ministry, but provided for you as a congregation. Why don't you give God a good shot of praise? Everybody, hallelujah. I mean, come on, give Him a good shot of praise. Amen. So, I wanted to go online, I wanted to speak to every one of our precious members online. And though we have not seen you for a long time, thank you for believing in this ministry and for investing in this ministry financially. I mean, I want you to stop for a moment and think about this. In June, we began just as a means of setting a goal. We, I was believing that we could take the 595,000. 595000 that's almost $600,000 with a um, construction debt that we still owed from our remodeling of this entire facility. And um, out of just under $4 million, now that five ninety-five dollars has t- uh, turned, uh, has come down to $340,000. Can we give God praise for that? Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Come on, is that awesome or what? And could not happen, we did not rob a bank. We did not ask you to. We just asked you to trust God, believe God, and then give when the opportunity uh, provides itself and you have done that. So I wanted to thank all of you. Uh, uh, Here at the congregation live here today, and those online, thank you for believing in this ministry, and thank you for investing in this ministry, because it is good ground. We have been sowing out of this ministry for 40 years, and I'm telling you, that is rich soil, so you can expect a supernatural 2021. Come on, give God praise for that. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. He says, for even in Thessalonica, you sent me, contributions for my needs. Not only once, but a second time. Not that I am uh, seek or am eager for your gift, but I do and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit the harvest of blessing that is accumulated to your account. But I have... Your full payment and more. I have everything I need and am amply supplied now that I have received from Epiphanius the gifts you sent me. They are the fragrant odor of an offering and a sacrifice which God welcomes in which He delights. And my God, this is your promise. This is your promise to those online that sent your offerings faithfully every week. He says, Uh, My God will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever, to the endless eternities of the eternities. Amen. So be it. Come on, give God a good shot of praise. You at home, praise him for his faithfulness. So ushers, get ready. Get ready. We're going to receive the offering. And this is what we're doing this morning. And you online, I want you to also to prepare your offering. And you can, you can go online and see the different ways to which you can give. And this is how we give. Vic and I give. Uh, we give, uh, it comes automatically out of our check every week. And so that we don't um, go spend it on something else. And uh, it's a good thing to do. So if you can do that, do that. And, um, and then uh, you also prepare here to give this morning. And God will bless you for your giving. And um, we've, already, we've already sang, and so go ahead, ushers. You can do that if they're ready to go and receive the offering. Have we received the offering yet? you all looking at me like, okay, very good. I thought, did I miss something? Anyway, uh, thank you. Thank you for believing in this ministry and investing in it because I'm confident. Listen, a true shepherd, and, and I want you to know this, a true shepherd, which I believe my wife and I are, we would never, ever want to. To take something from you and it not come back to you in supernatural ways. And it isn't just money. It isn't just money. I know that um, I mentioned this in the first service. Steve Jobs, uh, as wealthy as he was, could not pay for his health. As wealthy as he was, could not stop the curse that was moving in his body. I I believe he died from cancer. And and so the the blessing uh, comes back in many different ways. It isn't just finances. But how many are grateful that God does provide your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Amen. And so we give because of that. We give because we have the heart of God. We have the nature of God. And God's nature is giving. Amen. And so when you... Every, there are people, um, uh, there always have been people in, in church that, that uh, don't give because uh, they don't dare to trust God. And, and it's sad because you never attain to the height of uh, a blessing and success that God has for you when you live in fear. Amen. Amen. But when you live in faith and you obey the Lord, hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Faith without works is dead. When you obey the Lord and you trust Him, that seed goes into the ground, hallelujah, and begins to grow. And it begins to grow supernaturally. Some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold, hallelujah. And you might as well believe for the hundredfold, fold and, and, and get 30 and 60 than to believe for nothing and get everything that you believe for, which is nothing. Amen. So thank you for your giving. Praise the Lord. God, we're rich to bless you for it. I want to stand and we're going to make a confession of faith. And then we're going to get right into the Word of God, okay? Thank you, Lord. And you at home, confess this scripture. It'll benefit you greatly. Everyone. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me the privilege of bringing to your house the tithes and the offerings that you have provided. Through these tithes and offerings, I'm acknowledging that you are in covenant with me. And I am in covenant with you. With these tithes, I'm confirming that it is you who have given me the power to prosper financially. So that I can be blessed and be a blessing. I believe the promises you gave in Deuteronomy 28 and in Malachi 3 belong to me. Therefore, I confess that you are the source of my life and the one who's more than enough. So with joy I bring my ties to the storehouse to honor you and worship you with them in Jesus name. Give God a good shout of praise. Thank you, Lord, for blessing this offering. You may be seated. I want you to open your Bibles if you would today to Romans the 8th chapter. Amen. You know, I've been praying, you know, something when you think about this is the last service of the new year and uh, of this year going into the new year. So I wanted to share something from the heart of God. And, and sometimes that it takes time to hear the heart of God. And, and so, you know, you're, you're going this direction. All of a sudden you're going over this direction. All of a sudden you're going this way and trying to get the heart of God. And I got good news. I got the heart of God this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans, the eighth chapter. Now, as, we, as you find that, that, some of you, it'll take longer than others. Uh, I just wanted you to know that, um, you know, 2020 was not probably the year that you expected. Uh, I, who would ever thought? Who had ever thought that we would face a year where a plague would hit our nation and, and bring it to its knees? And, and yet, uh, how many are glad that it didn't, it didn't hinder the will of God, the word of God? Amen. In our lives. It never did. Hallelujah. And but it did affect uh, people. And um, some people had a great year. Uh, I talked to some people that had a great year in business. And I'm grateful for that. I really am. I'm, I'm rejoicing with you. The Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice. So uh, Pastor Vicky and I do rejoice for increase in your life. But other people, it was differently. They had a different experience regarding 2020. Some had uh, some faced uh, losses. Of loved ones, uh, our, uh, our great beloved friend Tim Skiba went home to be with the Lord, and uh, and we had other people that also passed uh, the, from our congregation. We we had the, of course the COVID crisis and, and other uh, 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 infirmities that people were dealing with. Um, for others, it was relational struggles, just simply by being isolated for ten months. That would drive anybody nuts. And 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 then for others, of course, uh, might have been a loss of job. And, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, where it caused financial uh, pressure and crisis in your life. So every one of us have faced situations that were differently. But so this morning, I wanted to give you a word from the Lord in this final service. And, and I want to start here in Romans with what the Apostle Paul wrote to the first century church in, in what they were going through. And let's read Romans 8, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestinated. And to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be justified. Uh, uh, excuse me. The, yeah, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And, though he, and those he predestinated, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he glorified. So what then shall we, uh, our response be to this? If God be for us, who can be against us? Can you shout Hallelujah. Say, God is for me. Who can be against me? Amen. And he goes on and says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously, watch us? give us all things? Amen. All things. Say, all things. Now, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than, um, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also, watch this, interceding for us. Amen. How many have had some tough days in 2020? But all the, whether you didn't know it or not, all that time, Jesus was interceding for you. Can you stop for a moment and give him praise for that? And he was literally interceding for you. He was standing in the gap for you. He was supporting you in what you were going through. Praise God. Amen. And the Bible says... Who is he that condemns? Excuse me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And the answer is what? No. He goes on and says, as it it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, just for a moment, um, the Lord said to me years ago, and he said it through the scriptures He said, for someone to live, you you finish that sentence. Yeah, someone has to die. That doesn't mean literally die. If you die, then you're no prophet of the kingdom of God on this side of heaven. But for someone to live, someone has to give up their pride, their rebellion. Can I have an amen? Give up their their selfish will. They have to allow God to step in and be what he wants to be in their lives. For someone to live, someone has to die. So he was not talking about, he says, he says here, for your sake we face death all day long. Um, We are considered... It didn't say we are. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But he didn't stop there. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers... Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And this, is, this, this love, this divine love will keep us and sustain us and empower us for whatever we face in the coming year. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now I now want you to turn to Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter, before I read it, I just want to tell everyone uh, where Paul was when he penned these precious words. The Apostle Paul was in prison, in shackles. For simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's. I mean, isn't it something? Just stop for a moment and think. If, if we're not willing to preach the gospel in this nation of liberty, what will happen if there comes a day when we no longer have the liberty to preach the gospel? What will we do then? Will we still preach? No, we won't. Not if we're not preaching it now. Not if we're not preaching it now. Paul. So here's, here's a man of love and selflessness. Why? Because he never allowed his personal sufferings to thwart him from his calling. Here's what he says. I want, this is Paul, Paul saying, God, I want to know Christ. And experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. That's not literal death. He says, I want to, I want to be able to die to self like Jesus did. I want to be able to that place where it's all God in me and nothing left of me. Can I have an amen? This is what Paul's praying. He says, so that one one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection or spiritual maturity. And again, what is spiritual maturity? Spiritual maturity is simply this. You accept responsibility for the word of God in your life. You accept responsibility that you're going to enforce it and carry it out in your life. That's spiritual maturity. He goes, not that I've achieved or reached perfection, but I press on. Say I'm pressing on. on. He goes, to possess that perfection or that spiritual maturity for which Christ Jesus possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Isn't that beautiful? He's in prison. But like anybody who's ever been in prison, you're believing God to get out. But he wasn't just to get out so that he could just go get a job. He, he wanted to get out so he could can, he can influence more people for the, with the gospel. Can you, imagine the, can you imagine the faith of Paul? I can't imagine what he, what he, in his mind, that he had to think. I've got to get out. I've got to get out here because there's more people that got to know how good God is. Hallelujah. There's people outside these doors. They don't know how good God is. They've been raised in religious churches that uh, say that, well, God is your, he's both your problem and your promise. I mean, he causes all sorts of chaos in your life and and then hopefully he'll get you out of it. No, no. God is a good God. Say "God God is a good God. He really is. He just has good things for you, but you have to do your part. I said, you have to do your part. We'll see that more as we go on in the scriptures. So I press on to reach the end of the race. Uh, Paul says, and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He, verse uh, 15. So let all who are spiritually mature ah uh, agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold to the progress we have already made. We must hold to the progress we've all. Somebody told me years ago, some preacher told me years ago, he says, in your spiritual life, You're either going this way or you're going this way. There's no planing. You're either going this way or this way. And you cannot isolate yourself for 10 10 months out of church and expect to go this way. You have to get back where the anointing is because the anointing will destroy the yoke. I don't care if it's COVID or any other crisis. The yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Come on. Give God praise for that. Amen. It's true. It's true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he goes on. But we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Dear brothers and sisters, padding your lives after mine. And learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you, now watch this. this is, now he kind of, now he's, I mean, isn't it amazing? He's, he's, he's talking so, words of such inspiration. Then he really gets down to the nitty gritty. And he says this. uh, uh. uh for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, he was not happy about this. That there are many, in his writing to the church, he says, There are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross. They're enemies of the cross of Christians becoming enemies of the cross of Christ. He goes, they are headed for destruction. He didn't say that proudly. He didn't say it. He said that with a broken heart, with tears in his eyes. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life or here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven. Say we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior, he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorified or glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for that day. Amen. Now listen. The human aspect of life hasn't changed from Paul's day to ours. No one wakes up in the morning uh, having their hunger for spiritual things of God hijacked by their hunger for the, for their hunger for the temporal things of life. But yet, yeah, but surely, but slowly. I mean, surely, but slowly. If you don't have spiritual oversight of your life, one day you're going to find out that your appetite for the temporal has exceeded your appetite for the spiritual. it it it, it, it it's going to happen. Why? Because Paul said it would. In fact, this is exactly what Jesus said to the disciples. He addressed this with them early on in ministry. Here's what he said. Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Now listen, the the Jewish people were people that believed in prosperity. I mean, from the very beginning of time, God told Abraham, if you follow me and you will believe in me and obey me, I will bless you. And we find out that was Genesis 12. In Genesis 13, the Bible says he was very... Very rich. I mean, God had blessed his socks off, uh, and he was not. And, and listen, Abraham was not pursuing the temporal; he was per, he was pursuing the eternal. And God blessed him for it. So, don't store up treasures on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value and are safe from thieves. If your profits or your treasures are in heaven, your heart will be there also. I mean, I am so grateful that I live in this great nation of America. But listen, I believe in one sense that the the church has been put to sleep by simply the temporal blessings that we have in America. There's no nation like America where the prosperity is right before us. And, And if we're not careful, we become so greedy, which we have, that listen, years ago, wasn't that many years ago, you could not find a gas station open on Sundays. Seriously. Now you may think that's odd, but it's true. They respected the holy day of God. Now we got not only stores open seven days a week, we got entertainment, we got sports seven days a week, including Sunday morning. And how in the world can the church even go on a Sunday morning outside these doors when God has called his holy people to the house of God? No wonder the church is weak. No wonder the church is asleep. No wonder the nation is in the condition of sin. If your eye is pure, there will be sunshine in your soul. But if your eye is clouded with evil thoughts and desires, you are in deep spiritual darkness. Don't even know it. And oh, how deep that darkness can be. And he goes on, he says, Jesus said to the disciples, now listen, now I just want you to know, you cannot serve, this is the word serve, you cannot serve two masters God and money, for you will hate the one or love the other or else the other way around. The amplifies says so you can't serve God and mammon, uh, deceitful riches, and they are money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. A lot of times it, the reason we have to work nine jobs is because we have, we've, al- we've had a, allowed our, our, our natural affections to pursue after the temporal. We find ourselves in such debt that we're in a crisis that we ourselves have created. Verse 25, so my counsel, Jesus said, is don't worry about things. Then he says what they are. Food, drink, and clothes. For you already have a life and a body. He's talking about his spiritual life and, his, and, and your spiritual body. And they are far more important than what to eat uh, what to eat and wear. Look at the birds. They don't worry about what to eat. They don't need to sow or reap or store up, for, for, store up food for your heavenly Father feeds them. Uh, you are... Uh, And you are far more valuable to him than they are. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Will all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs. Yet King Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you, O men of little faith? So when we're obsessed with the temporal, you really think that you have great faith. The Bible says you have little faith because your whole life is distracted by the temporal instead of the eternal. So he goes on and says, so don't worry. Don't worry. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. I don't have a, I don't have, unless God shows it. You know, I don't have a clue, but I know one thing. God is faithful to His Word, and He will bless those that believe His Word and hold on to it. Can I have an amen? amen. It's true. Hallelujah. Don't worry about, at all about uh, having enough food. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your Heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you have needed them. And He will give them to you if... You give Him first place in your life and live as He wants you to. So don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow. Live one day at a time. And that, I mean, it's true. God gave you enough faith for today. Not not any for tomorrow. You can have hope for tomorrow, but faith is today. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So Jesus knew the commitment that would be required to advance his kingdom in the earth. And it was to keep our focus on the eternal things of God. And listen, I know, I know nationwide the church is carrying the weight of the elections. But I got good news, God isn't. Jesus isn't, and the Holy Ghost isn't, and I isn't. <laughs> I'm not. I have not listened to a, A minute of news since the elections. I refuse because I have to keep my eyes on Jesus for he's the author and the finisher of my faith. I refuse to get in bed with the world. I'm going to stay in faith and trust God and God is going to have his way. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So it's best we get our focus back on The eternal things of God, listen, for therein lies our calling, listen, and our equipping. Amen. So if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, uh, let it be that you put God first, His Word first, and His church first. Amen. Oh, really, I was thinking, I was meditating on this. I was thinking, just think, this year, this coming year, just six months from now, we'll be celebrating. uh, We're already in our 40th year, by the way. This is our we're in our 40th year. We will complete our 40th year on June 6th. And and you ask, how in the world do you endure 40 years of ministry? I mean, how do you make 40 years of ministry? One word, endurance. How How do you make it to 50 years in marriage? One word, endurance. Amen. How do you live in a life that's messed up? One word, enduring hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Trusting God. Lift your hand if you're trusting God today with your life. Amen. You have to trust God. There's no, listen, no politician's gonna save our nation. None. I don't care who they are. None. Only God. I said only God. So stop and imagine what, for just a moment, what it must have been like in the mind of Paul in his day when men and women were being persecuted, beaten, arrested, put in prison, flogged. And also beheaded. Stop and think for a moment. I mean, I can't imagine that you would think. Paul's thinking, how in the world is the church going to survive? But see, it wasn't his church. It was God's. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And listen, he's still building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach a message on that real soon. So Paul writing... To the Hebrewic believers, here's what he said, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Stop and think about that. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So, one translation says, a bandstand of believers. I mean, we are surrounded by believers that are already on the other side. Listen, rooting for us. They're rooting for us. Believing that we, we will become the, the 21st church will become as anointed as the first century church. Amen. Now, let me just say this. I'm grateful that we live in the most blessed and prosperous land in the world. However, it has become a trap for the church. God warned the Israelites in Deuteronomy, I believe the 18th chapter, no 8th chapter. 8th chapter, he warned, he said, now when when I have filled your houses with good things, when you've got an abundance of overflowing blessings, I warn you, don't forget about God. And listen, the church has fallen into that trap. And we have become a very soft church. I'm talking about universal. Very soft. Where we think, I mean, I mean, we think God has forsaken us if our light bill is past 30 days. The things that we get caught up in and hung up with is because we have been distracted by the natural instead of the eternal. And I believe it's time that we get back up on our feet. Amen. Awaken. Paul says to the church at Corinth awaken to righteousness and sin not. If you were to take a, if you would ask people on a soccer field on a Sunday morning, how many here believe that you're Christians and you love God? 80% of them would raise their hands. And look at what they're teaching their children. No wonder children have a tough time today with their personal identification. Because they see in their parents hypocrites. Let me move on. Jesus set the required standard for becoming a true disciple in Luke 9. Listen to what it says. Now, this is Jesus. Jesus knew how to draw a crowd. And he knew how to get rid of a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what he said. If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself. Disown himself. Forget and lose sight Of himself. Do you see how much self is in the way of God's will? Self is in the way of God's will. We will put anything before God. I'm I'm, I'm just telling you the way it is. And God's not pleased with it. We will use any excuse not to read his word. Any excuse not to pray. Any excuse not to come to church. Any excuse not to serve. Any excuse. And then we wonder why when hell hits the fan that we're not prepared for it. If any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, lose sight of himself and his own interests, and refuse, watch this, and give up himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. Now you know it's not the will of God that you die naturally. He, 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 he needs us on this side. listen. Listen, Jesus prayed in John the fourth chapter. Oh, he said, pray that there be labors in the fields. I need labors. And, and that, that was in the first generation. How much more in this generation does God need labors in the field? Needs labors. Now listen, it, it's really... Literally, nothing at all. I mean, I know, you know, it can be intimidating, but literally nothing at all to pray for one another. That is nothing. It don't take any any spiritual maturity at all. Because if I ask, Matt, Matt, can I pray for you? Matt, well, sure, sure, pray for me. Amen, right? I said amen. Amen. If, if, If Hank asked Bruce, Bruce, can I pray for you? Bruce would say, no problem at all. But how about you go up to somebody who's in a crisis and they don't know God. You don't know them, but you know God and they don't know God. Will you say, can I pray for you? Don't say amen if you don't mean it. God needs laborers. Can I have an amen? amen? The fate of America's future will not be determined by a political arm, but by a spiritual arm. That's just the church. The arm of the living God, listen, armed with the truth that sets men free. It's the only, it's the one and only hope America has. I'm telling you the truth. It's the only, listen, the world does what the world does. The only reason we have, the only reason we are where we're at today, even politically, is the church's fault. Remember the Holy Spirit. Now I'm just... The Holy Spirit said to me, he said, this, that the spiritual temperature of any nation is determined by the spiritual temperature of the church. I mean, we dare not pray for somebody because they might get offended. We dare not tell somebody about Jesus because then they say, I won't believe. Well, that's up to them. But they'll never make that choice unless you give it to them. And you'll be shocked at the people... Uh, Travis was telling me in the first service that the, um, it's beautiful how some of the institutions that deal with drug addiction have opened up and allowed him to come in and share his testimony. And he preaches the gospel of Christ to those that are dealing with addiction. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus will set them free as much as he set him free. Can I have an Amen. But they won't know the power of God unless you tell them. So America's in trouble. But it's not in trouble because of some political direction. It's not in trouble. It's not in trouble it, because it's in trouble because the church has lost its passion for God. If you think for one moment, just stop. From, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a virus could keep you from the house of God, listen. There will be things coming that you not even can imagine that will keep you out of the house of God Forever. This is the house of healing. This is the house of deliverance. This is the house of the blood of Christ. Amen. This is the house of God where the spirit of God moves. This is the house of God where there's corporate prayer. This is the house of God where you can come and get free. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. It really is. It really is. I say that to all these wonderful churches that are in Sioux Falls that are preaching the gospel. And churches are half full because people are paranoid, living in fear. Philippians, again, Paul, remember where he's at in prison, he says, and this is the new living, he said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. If you listen to the news, you won't have any peace. None. 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 And um, I learned that hard way. You won't have any. So you need to focus on God. Can I have an amen? And about prayer. Prayer. Pastor Vicky, I don't know, four or five years ago, the Lord laid on her heart to start a prayer service. And even today, there's many in the congregation don't realize that it's a service. It's a service. You know what a service is? Amen. When you, when, when, when you go to a restaurant, they have waiters and waitresses that come, and what do they do? They serve you. Amen. They serve you. This, this is a prayer service. And this woman... I'm telling you, man, she, she uh, you may not realize it, but she is full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, I can't do anything wrong, she finds out. I mean, it is amazing. And she literally trains you how to pray powerfully and effectively with results. Hallelujah. And that's what you want in your life. It's, tra- it's training ground for the days ahead. And I said this in the first service, but it's true. You don't know what's coming in America in the future. I'm not afraid, but I'm just saying we don't know. But what if it's something of crisis? And I shared this earlier because it, it is a good example. Randy, he spent his entire life training people physically. Amen. Now he's going to step into uh, ministry the first of the year. You don't know. I, 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 I'm brought in my staff as an associate minister, and assistant minister, and he's going he's to share the word of God. And, um, uh, but he trained people physically. And he trained me at one time until I decided I got to quit. He was going to kill me. Anyway, uh, but, but it's like laying on that bench, and, and I say to Randy, Randy, put three plates on each side. Bless God, I can lift that by faith. Well, I, I couldn't do it. I, it. I couldn't do it. Why? Because I ain't trained for it. Is that right? I haven't trained for it. It's the same spiritually. If you haven't trained for the small crises of life, how in the world are you going to overcome the big ones? So these, this is where you come and get trained. That second service, which is from, it's from, it's 30 minutes from quarter to 10 to quarter after. It's a training time for you to learn how to pray. Listen, how to pray effectively and powerfully so that you get results to your prayers. Amen. 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 And there's people that have been with us years won't step in there. I'm not there for what they're afraid of, but you, you, it's a good place to go to learn. Right. Because then you'll get trained. Yep. Lift your hand if you want to answer prayer. Amen. 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 But well, then you come to that second service, praise God. We have the first service, then we have a second service, and then we have the third service, praise the Lord, which we're in right now. Amen. Let me close by sharing a couple of things, also what Paul said out of the message translation. Hallelujah. Oh, I wanted to say this. I wrote this down. We're either going to be willing to pray or forced to pray. And I'd rather be willing to pray and confront and conquer the situation before it gets here then be forced to pray because it's already on top of me. Can I have an amen? Amen. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. I love that translation. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Oh, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Oh, that's beautiful. Some it all up, friends. I'd, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. And put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Come on, let's give him praise for that. Is that awesome or what? I love that amen. Isn't that awesome? I love that scripture. So I want you to stand. And I know we're gonna go offline in a few moments. But before we go offline, we're going to make a confession, and I want you to make it with us. And I'm going to pray with you. First of all, I want to pray for anyone here and online that may not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I just want you to know how good God is and how, how, listen, God's love for you goes, exceeds far deeper than any transgression that you've ever committed. Listen, his power goes deeper than any bondage that you are in right now. I want you to know that. And God wants to set people free. So bow your heads here at the congregation and you listening online. If you don't have Christ Jesus in the center of your life, today is the day. God loves you unconditionally. Now, even for me, that's hard to wrap my mind around. That God loves us, even in our state of brokenness, in our state of bondage. God loves us. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be free today. So I'm grateful for that. So if you bow your heads today, you bow your heads there. To ask Jesus into your heart is very easy. I'll lead you in a prayer and I'll lead everyone here in a prayer. And I want everyone here to repeat after me. And you repeat that at home. If you, if you once accepted Christ, but you know that your life, there's no evidence of his, of his presence in your life, then rededicate your life to the Lord. So let's all pray together. Dear God in heaven thank you for your love that it goes far deeper than my sins God of heaven I believe that you sent Jesus into the earth and put him on the cross to die for my sins I believe that Lord and thank you Jesus I believe that you rose from the dead to provide salvation for me So I ask you into my heart this very moment to be my Savior and Lord. I receive you by faith. Thank you that your precious blood washes me clean from all my sins. God, I call you my Father. Jesus, you are my Savior. And Holy Spirit, you are my helper to help me every day to live for God. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all give God a good shout of praise for that. I want you to know. Amen. I want you to know online especially. There's three things I want you to remember. Number one, open your Bible and begin to read it. You say, well, uh, I've never understood it before. Now you will. Because you've just allowed Jesus to come into your heart. The Holy Spirit will open up the spiritual eyes of your understanding. You'll see the Bible for what it says. Number two, I want you to find godly Christian friends, amen, that love God and are devoted to him. Number three, I want you to get into a church like ours. If you're here locally, come to Faith Family Church and God will bless your life. You'll grow in grace and truth and you'll become everything that God wants you to be. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to go offline now. I call you blessed in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Let's give God a good shout of praise for all he's done here today. There's a prayer that I just made up as I was, I was um, she'll put it on the screen, that I just typed out. And I thought it'd be good for all of us just to pray this, okay? Yeah, it's written, but it came from a heart, okay? So let it come out of your heart. Everyone, just put one hand towards heaven and let's pray this out of Everyone. Heavenly Father, I choose to leave 2020 with my eyes fixed on you. For you are the author and the finisher of my faith. You have not given to me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. I choose to enter 2021 with a spirit of faith, hope and love, believing you will continue to equip me spiritually and use me to help build your church. I give you praise for bringing my family and I through 2020, providing everything we needed. And I give you praise that it will be no different throughout 2021. And finally, I desire what David wrote while being pursued by his enemies in Psalms 27, 4 through 6. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy and I will sing, yay, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Amen. Let's give him praise. Thank you, God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I pray over these precious saints. Our Church family, your church family. God, I ask you to bless them as they leave here today. Mike, the greatest cry of my heart is that you put every one of us in the crossroads of someone's life. And that we will have the boldness and the humility and the love and the passion to share your goodness and your love with them, Father. That's my desire. And Lord, thank you. Lord, as the people gather together on Thursday night, may it be a time of of great fellowship, a time of love, a time of service to one another, ministering to one another. And God, thank you. And Lord, thank you for healing our church family uh, physically. Uh, amen that god sickness can't remain in our bodies in jesus precious name and thank you lord for resurrection power that flows in us lord i declare blessing over your church family that 2021 will be a year of great blessing to them in jesus name and everyone said amen and amen god bless you. thank you for listening to today's message we'd love for you to join us for our sunday morning services at 8 30 and 10 30 We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.